Section 5 of Celebrated Crimes, Volume 8, Part 1, The Marquise de Brambilliers by Alexandre Dumas, translated by George Burnham Ives. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 5 As the clock struck, the executioner, without a word, came and stood before her. She saw that her moment had come, and said to the doctor, grasping his arm, A little longer, just a few moments, I entreat madame said the doctor rising we will now adore the divine blood of the sacrament praying that you may be thus cleansed from all soil and sin that may be still in your heart thus shall you gain the respite you desire the executioner then tied tight the cords round her hands that he had let loose before and she advanced pretty firmly and knelt before the altar between the doctor and the chaplain. The latter was in his surplice, and chanted a veni creator, salve regina, and tantum ergo. These prayers over, he pronounced the blessing of the holy sacrament, while the marquise knelt with her face upon the ground. The executioner then went forward to get ready a shirt, and she made her exit from the chapel, supported on the left by the doctor's arm, on the right by the executioner's assistant. Thus proceeding, she first felt embarrassment and confusion. Ten or twelve people were waiting outside, and as she suddenly confronted them, she made a step backward, and with her hands, bound though they were, pulled the headdress down to cover half her face. She passed through a small door, which was closed behind her, and then found herself between the two doors alone with the doctor and the executioner's man. Here the rosary, in consequence of her violent movement to cover her face, came undone, and several beads fell on the floor. She went on, however, without observing this, but the doctor stopped her, and he and the man stooped down and picked up all the beads which they put into her hand. Thanking them humbly for this attention, she said to the man, "'Sir, I know I have now no worldly possessions, that all I have upon me belongs to you, and I may not give anything away without your consent, but I ask you kindly to allow me to give this chaplet to the doctor before I die. You will not be much the loser, for it is of no value, and I am giving it to him for my sister. Kindly let me do this.' "'Madame,' said the man, it is the custom for us to get all the property of the condemned but you are mistress of all you have and if the thing were of the very greatest value you might dispose of it as you pleased the doctor whose arm she held felt her shiver at this gallantry which for her with her natural haughty disposition must have been the worst humiliation imaginable but the movement was restrained and her face gave no sign she now came to the porch of the conciergerie between the court and the first door, and there she was made to sit down so as to be put into the right condition for making the amende honorable. Each step brought her nearer to the scaffold, and so did each incident cause her more uneasiness. Now she turned round desperately and perceived the executioner holding a shirt in his hand. The door of the vestibule opened and about fifty people came in, among them the countess of soissons madame de refuge mademoiselle de scudery monsieur de roquelaure and the abbe de chimay at the sight the marquise reddened with shame and turning to the doctor said is this man to strip me again as he did in the question chamber 
all these preparations are very cruel and in spite of myself they divert my thoughts from god low as her voice was the executioner heard and reassured her saying that they would take nothing off only putting the shirt over her other clothes he then approached and the marquise unable to speak to the doctor with a man on each side of her showed him by her looks how deeply she felt the ignominy of her situation then when the shirt had been put on for which operation her hands had to be untied the man raised the headdress which she had pulled down and tied it round her neck then fastened her hands together with one rope and put another round her waist and yet another round her neck then kneeling before her he took off her shoes and stockings then she stretched out her hands to the doctor oh sir she cried in god's name you see what they have done to me come and comfort me the doctor came at once supporting her head upon his breast trying to comfort her but she in a tone of bitter lamentation gazing at the crowd who devoured her with all their eyes cried oh sir is it not this a strange barbarous curiosity madame said he the tears in his eyes do not look at these eager people from the point of view of their curiosity and barbarity though that is real enough but consider it part of the humiliation sent by god for the expiation of your crimes god who is innocent was subject to very different opprobrium and yet suffered all with joy for as tertullian observes he was a victim fattened on the joys of suffering alone as the doctor spoke these words the executioner placed in the marquis's hands the lighted torch which she was to carry to notre dame there to make the amende honorable and as it was too heavy weighing two pounds the doctor supported it with his right hand while the registrar read her sentence aloud a second time the doctor did all in his power to prevent her from hearing this by speaking unceasingly of god still she grew frightfully pale at the words when this is done she shall be conveyed on a tumbrel barefoot a cord round her neck holding in her hands a burning torch two pounds in weight and the doctor could feel no doubt that in spite of his efforts she had heard it became still worse when she reached the threshold of the vestibule and saw the great crowd waiting in the court then her face worked convulsively and crouching down as though she would bury her feet in the earth she addressed the doctor in words both plaintive and wild is it possible that after what is now happening monsieur de brambilliers could endure to go on living madame said the doctor when our lord was about to leave his disciples he did not ask god to remove them from this earth but to preserve them from all sin my father he said i ask not that you take them from the world but keep them safe from evil if madame you pray for monsieur de brinvilliers let it be only that he may be kept in grace if he has it and may attain to it if he has it not but these words were useless at that moment the humiliation was too great and too public her face contracted her eyebrows knit flames darted from her eyes her mouth was all twisted her whole appearance was horrible the devil was once more in possession during this paroxysm which lasted nearly a quarter of an hour lebrun who stood near got such a vivid impression of her face 
that the following night he could not sleep and with the sight of it ever before his eyes made the fine drawing which is now in the louvre giving to the figure the head of a tiger in order to show that the principal features were the same and the whole resemblance very striking the delay in progress was caused by the immense crowd blocking the court only pushed aside by archers on horseback who separated the people the marquise now went out and the doctor lest the sight of the people should completely distract her put a crucifix in her hand bidding her fix her gaze upon it this advice she followed till they gained the gate into the street where the tumbrel was waiting then she lifted her eyes to see the shameful object it was one of the smallest of carts still splashed with mud and marked by the stones that it carried with no seat only a little straw at the bottom it was drawn by a wretched horse well matching the disgraceful conveyance the executioner bade her get in first which she did very rapidly as if to escape observation there she crouched like a wild beast in the left corner on the straw riding backwards the doctor sat beside her on the right then the executioner got in shutting the door behind him and sat opposite her stretching his legs between the doctors his man whose business it was to guide the horse sat on the front back to back with the doctor and the marquise his feet stuck out on the shafts thus it was easy to understand how madame de sevigne who was on the pont notre dame could see nothing but the headdress of the marquise as she was driven to notre dame the cortege had only gone a few steps when the face of the marquise for a time a little calmer was again convulsed from her eyes fixed constantly on the crucifix there darted a flaming glance then came a troubled and frenzied look which terrified the doctor he knew she must have been struck by something she saw and wishing to calm her asked what it was nothing nothing she replied quickly looking towards him it was nothing but madame said he you cannot give the lie to your own eyes and a minute ago i saw a fire very different from the fire of love which only some displeasing sight can have provoked what may this be tell me pray for you promised to tell me of any sort of temptation that might assail you sir she said i will do so but it is nothing then looking towards the executioner who as we know sat facing the doctor she said put me in front of you please hide that man from me and she stretched out her hands towards a man who was following the tumbrel on horseback and so dropped the torch when the doctor took and the crucifix which fell on the floor the executioner looked back and then turned sideways as she wished nodding and saying oh yes i understand the doctor pressed to know what it meant and she said it is nothing worth telling you and it is a weakness in me not to be able to bear the sight of a man who has ill-used me the man who touched the back of the tumbril is de grey who arrested me at liege and treated me so badly all along the road when i saw him i could not control myself as you noticed madame said the doctor i have heard of him and you yourself spoke of him in confession but the man was sent to arrest you and was in a responsible position so that he had to guard you closely and rigorously even if he had been more severe he would only have been carrying out his orders 
jesus christ madame could but have regarded his executioners as ministers of iniquity servants of injustice who added of their own accord every indignity they could think of yet all along the way he looked on them with patience and more than patience and in his death he prayed for them in the heart of the marquise a hard struggle was passing and this was reflected on her face but it was only for a moment and after a last convulsive shudder she was again calm and serene then she said sir you are right and i am very wrong to feel such a fancy as this may god forgive me and pray remember this fault on the scaffold when you give me the absolution you promise that this too may be pardoned me then she turned to the executioner and said please sit where you were before that i may see monsieur de gray the man hesitated but on a sign from the doctor obeyed the marquise looked fully at de gray for some time praying for him then fixing her eyes on the crucifix began to pray for herself this incident occurred in front of the church of saint genevieve des ardents but slowly as it moved the tumbril steadily advanced and at last reached the place of notre dame the archers drove back the crowding people and the tumbril went up to the steps and there stopped the executioner got down removed the board at the back held out his arms to the marquise and set her down on the pavement the doctor then got down his legs quite numb from the cramped position he had been in since they left the conciergerie he mounted the church steps and stood behind the marquise who herself stood on the square with the registrar on her right the executioner on her left and a great crowd of people behind her inside the church all the doors being thrown open she was made to kneel and in her hands was placed the lighted torch which up to that time the doctor had helped to carry then the registrar read the amende honorable from a written paper and she began to say it after him but in so low a voice that the executioner said loudly speak out as he does repeat every word louder louder then she raised her voice and loudly and firmly recited the following apology i confess that wickedly and for revenge i poisoned my father and my brothers and attempted to poison my sister to obtain possession of their goods and i ask pardon of god of the king and of my country's laws the amende honorable over the executioner again carried her to the tumbril not giving her the torch any more the doctor sat beside her all was just as before and the tumbril went on towards la greve from that moment until she arrived at the scaffold she never took her eyes off the crucifix which the doctor held before her the whole time exhorting her with religious words trying to divert her attention from the terrible noise which the people made around the car a murmur mingled with curses when they reached the place de greve the tumbril stopped at a little distance from the scaffold then the registrar monsieur drouet came up on horseback and addressing the marquise said madame have you nothing more to say if you wish to make any declaration the twelve commissaries are here at hand ready to receive it you see madame said the doctor we are now at the end of our journey and thank god you have not lost your power of endurance on the road 
do not destroy the effect of all you have suffered and all you have yet to suffer by concealing what you know if perchance you do know more than you have hitherto said i have told all i know said the marquise and there is no more i can say repeat these words in a loud voice said the doctor so that everybody may hear then in her loudest voice the marquise repeated i have told all i know and there is no more i can say after this declaration they were going to drive the tumbrel nearer to the scaffold but the crowd was so dense that the assistant could not force a way through though he struck out at every side with his whip so they had to stop a few paces short the executioner had already gotten down and was adjusting the ladder in this terrible moment of waiting the marquise looked calmly and gratefully at the doctor and when she felt that the tumbril had stopped said sir it is not here we part you promise not to leave me till my head is cut off i trust you will keep your word to be sure i will the doctor replied we shall not be separated before the moment of your death be not troubled about that for i will never forsake you i looked for this kindness she said and your promise was too solemn for you to think for one moment of failing me please be on the scaffold and be near me and now sir i would anticipate the final farewell for all the things i shall have to do on the scaffold may distract me so let me thank you here if i am prepared to suffer the sentence of my earthly judge and to hear that of my heavenly judge i owe it to your care for me and i am deeply grateful i can only ask your forgiveness for the trouble i have given you tears choked the doctor's speech and he could not reply do you not forgive me she repeated at her word the doctor tried to reassure her but feeling that if he opened his mouth he must needs break into sobs he still kept silent the marquise appealed to him a third time i entreat you sir forgive me and do not regret the time you have passed with me you will say a de profundus at the moment of my death and a mass for me to-morrow will you not promise uh, yes madame said the doctor in a choking voice uh, yes yes be calm i will do all you bid me the executioner hereupon removed the board and helped the marquise out of the tumbril and as they advanced a few steps toward the scaffold and all eyes were upon them the doctor could hide his tears for a moment without being observed as he was drying his eyes the assistant gave him his hand to help him down meanwhile the marquise was mounting the ladder with the executioner and when they reached the platform he told her to kneel down in front of a block which lay across it then the doctor who had mounted with a step less firm than hers came and knelt beside her but turned in the other direction so that he might whisper in her ear that is the marquise faced the river and the doctor faced the hotel de ville scarcely had they taken their place thus when the man took down her hair and began cutting it at the back and at the sides making her turn her head this way and that at times rather roughly but though this ghastly toilet lasted almost half an hour she made no complaint nor gave any sign of pain but her silent tears when her hair was cut 
he tore open the top of the shirt so as to uncover the shoulders and finally bandaged her eyes and lifting her face by the chin ordered her to hold her head erect she obeyed unresisting all the time listening to the doctor's words and repeating them from time to time when they seemed suitable to her own condition meanwhile at the back of the scaffold on which the stake was placed stood the executioner glancing now and again at the folds of his cloak where there showed the hilt of a long straight saber which he had carefully concealed for fear madame de brinvilliers might see it when she mounted the scaffold when the doctor having pronounced absolution turned his head and saw that the man was not yet armed he uttered these prayers which she repeated after him jesus son of david and mary have mercy upon me mary daughter of david and mother of jesus pray for me my god i abandon my body which is but dust that men may burn it and do with it what they please in the firm faith that it shall one day arise and be reunited with my soul i trouble not concerning my body grant o god that i yield up to thee my soul that it may enter unto thy rest receive it into thy bosom that it may dwell once more there whence it first descended from thee it came to thee returns thou art the source and the beginning be thou o god the centre and the end the marquise had said these words when suddenly the doctor heard a dull stroke like the sound of a chopper chopping meat upon a block at that moment she ceased to speak the blade had sped so quickly that the doctor had not even seen a flash he stopped his hair bristling his brow bathed in sweat for not seeing the head fall he supposed that the executioner had missed the mark and must needs start afresh but his fear was short-lived for almost at the same moment the head inclined to the left slid on to the shoulder and thence backward while the body fell forward on the crossway block supported so that the spectators could see the neck cut open and bleeding immediately in fulfillment of his promise the doctor said a de profundis when the prayer was done and the doctor raised his head he saw before him the executioner wiping his face well sir said he was that not a good stroke i always put up a prayer on these occasions and god has always assisted me but i have been anxious for several days about this lady i had six masses said and i felt strengthened in hand and heart he then pulled out a bottle from under his cloak and drank a dram and taking the body under one arm all dressed as it was and the head in his other hand the eyes still bandaged he threw both upon the faggots which his assistant lighted the next day said madame de sevigne people were looking for the charred bones of madame de brinvilliers because they said she was a saint in eighteen fourteen monsieur d'offemont father of the present occupier of the castle where the marquise de brinvilliers poisoned her father frightened at the approach of all the allied troops contrived in one of the towers several hiding-places where he shut up his silver and such other valuables as were to be found in this lonely country in the midst of the forest of laigues the foreign troops were passing backwards and forwards at offemont and after a three months occupation retired to the farther side of the frontier 
Then the owners ventured to take out the various things that had been hidden, and tapping the walls to make sure nothing had been overlooked, they detected a hollow sound that indicated the presence of some unsuspected cavity. With picks and bars they broke the wall open, and when several stones had come out they found a large closet like a laboratory containing furnaces, chemical instruments, files hermetically sealed full of an unknown liquid, and four packets of powders of different colors. Unluckily, the people who made these discoveries thought them of too much or too little importance, and instead of submitting the ingredients to tests of modern science, they made away with them all, frightened at their probably deadly nature. Thus was lost this great opportunity, probably the last, for finding and analyzing the substances which composed the poisons of St. Croix and Madame de Brambilliers. End of Section 5 End of Celebrated Crimes, Volume 8, Part 1 The Marquise de Brambilliers by Alexandre Dumas Translated by George Burnham Ives Recording by John Van Stan Savannah, Georgia